if you're able to spend your time on the things that you say matter most to you, that creates so much internal alignment. everybody, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course, have some fun along the way. For today's episode, I am bringing back Les Alfred. She is the host of the Balanced Black Girl podcast. She's also a yogi, and I loved having her on so much for round one when we talked about how to be more disciplined. I'll link it in the show notes. I knew that I wanted to have her back to chat some more, and I figured what better of a time than now because she recently kicked off a Money and Abundance series over on Balanced Black Girl. And I just love it. So in today's episode, we are actually chatting not only about money, but about time and why your time is more valuable than your money. I'll say that again. Why your time is more valuable than your money. As Les says, so many people, they treat time as this like completely scarce resource, something that it truly feels like we never have enough of. But what happens when you get really intentional and specific about what you wanna do with your time? When you home in on what your values are and then execute on a day-by-day basis based on those value to get the most of your time. It's something that I really loved jamming with Les on today and I know it might make you rethink the way you are going about your days. I also love the exercises that both Les and myself share about how we get the most out of our time, including time blocking and keeping track of a time log or a time journal. Both of those have really, 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 really helped me throughout the last few years as I have turned into a full-time entrepreneur one that is managing her own schedule and really trying to make the absolute most (laughs) of her time. A huge thank you to Les for giving me her time for prioritizing this. It is so, so appreciated. Make sure you are following along with the show over on the socials. It is at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. I'm looking forward to tonight's Safety in Numbers event. If you're local to New York, I can't wait to see you there. And then also, if you haven't done so yet, do me a solid and make sure you're subscribed to the weekly Hurdle newsletter. I'd love to send you all of the same inspiration, motivation, tips that you love that you get on the regular, on the show, directly into your inbox every single Friday morning. The link to do that, the link to subscribe is in the show notes. I believe that's it for now with that. (laughs) Let's get to hurdling.
Today, I am sitting back down again with Les Alfred. She's the host of the Balanced Black Girl podcast. How are you doing today? Hello. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. I am glad to have you here. I knew I needed to reach out because I love, love, love the series that you have going on right now over on Balanced Black Girl called Money and Abundance. And today we are here to talk about why time is more valuable than money. What prompted you to dive into this series over on Balanced Black Girl? Yeah, I over the past few years have become quite the personal finance nerd. I mean, I think I've always been interested in personal finance to an extent. I've always been a pretty naturally frugal person and managed money pretty well, like been able to to do a lot with a little. And over the past year or so, I've started reaching some of my major financial goals and milestones that I'd set out for myself. And I'm like, okay, what's next? Like, how do I build? How do I improve upon this? I'm so used to having very little and making it go further. But now that I have a little bit more, how can I really leverage that? And so I've just dove headfirst into the personal finance world and wanted to bring that to my podcast because our financial wellness intersects with every other area of wellness. And I don't think that the conversations are approached in that way enough. So I wanted to bring it to my community. To the community. I, you know, money is so interesting because it's one of those taboo topics that we don't Mm -hmm. outwardly touch on all of the time, yet it is literally one of the only things that every single person probably almost always has anxiety about. Yeah. Yeah. And it impacts every area of your life. I would say one of the first things I do every single day after I shut off my alarm is like just cross check that my bank account exists. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) What I love that we're talking about isn't necessarily how to make more money, what's going on with your side hustle, although these are things that you have recorded about and we've (laughs) talked about over here on Hurdle as well, but we're talking about why time is more valuable than money. So before we really dive into the discussion, talk to me about why this was where you wanted to begin the convo. Yeah, it's because time is such a valuable asset. It is an asset that is incredibly precious and it is the only asset that we can't get back. Like no matter how broke you are or how bleak your financial situation is, it is possible to make more money. No matter how much money you lose, it is absolutely possible to get it back or make more. Now, not saying that's easy. That's very hard. (laughs) If it were easy, a lot more people would do it, but it is absolutely possible. For time, it's not possible to get time back. And I think sometimes with time, we can have a lot of anxiety around it, whether it's on a micro level of, oh my gosh, I have so much to do in a day, or on a macro level of like, oh, I'm this age and I haven't gotten this done yet. And I think that when we're more aware of how we spend our time, it can help us alleviate some of that anxiety. You just said a key phrase there, when we're more aware of how we spend our time. So how do we become more aware first and foremost? Yeah, I think it's about viewing time as an asset that we can work with instead of viewing time as something that we never have enough of. Because if we view time as something we never have enough of, then we will never have enough of it, as opposed to when we see time as a tool 
we can work with it and we cannot see time passing as a bad thing or an anxiety inducing thing. Um, it's, it's something that can really be a tool to help us create the lives that we want to live. And so I think the number one thing is just being aware of how we spend our time. Where does it go? What do we do in a normal day? And I think it's very similar to money. How you said one of the things that you like to do each day is like make sure your bank account is still there. Even with money, like the number one budgeting tip is like check your accounts and know how much money you have. That's like the best thing anyone can do for themselves financially because I think we've all probably had times where we maybe avoid our money a little bit and then we get a little swipe happy and that's not the best versus when you're checking on it, you're always more conscious. But with time, it's the same thing. You can absolutely lose hours (laughs) years of your life on TikTok, which I've absolutely done. But when we're (laughs) being aware and conscious of what we're doing, we can make more informed decisions about how we want to spend our time. Definitely. So I remember when I was at my first job out of college, there was an exercise that my boss made me do, which I was so spiteful about at the time time keyword here to (laughs) keep track of what we were doing during the day and for how long. And Mm -hmm. it felt like very big brother in the moment. But now when I feel as though there are things that I have going on in my life, goals that I have, and I'm not making any progress, I always go back to this exercise because it's so helpful to get a better understanding of where you are allocating that time, how you are spending your day. It may not be something that you're cognizant of that you're doing that TikTok scroll, right? Mm -hmm. And before you know it, it's two hours from right now. And the document you were looking at two hours and five minutes ago is still (laughs) blank in front of you, right? So that's been a tool that I've used many a time. What about you? Do you have any other recommendations for how we can be more cognizant of the ways that we're spending it? Yeah. So I love the time tracking exercise that you just shared. I think that's a huge one. I also really love time blocking. I think sometimes when we think about how we spend our time, we automatically assume that we need to be doing more things and doing them faster. And that's not always the case. Sometimes even being aware of time is helping you take your time, helping you understand just how much thought and effort goes into something and learning how to really appreciate that. So I also really like using time blocking where I will set a specific amount of time to solely focus on one thing or similar things kind of in that block not beating myself up if I don't get it all done, but to truly understand my habits and my patterns and my attention span. And if I get distracted, I see that more as an invitation of like, okay, what do I need in this moment to stay focused as opposed to beating myself up for not staying focused, but working with smaller chunks of time to do that is a lot less intimidating. Yeah. And with the time blocking, what I like is that concept of grace a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? So you may have a task that you know, realistically, if you were like, grind, grind, grind could take you an hour. But what if you gave yourself the grace to do it in an hour and a half? Would that make you feel better? Because that's also something to be cognizant of, right? This idea of how do you feel by the way that you spend your time? Exactly. Yes, 100%. That feeling thing can be challenging as well, I believe, because it is really about Coming to a place where you accept that being productive and unhappy may not feel as good as being maybe a little bit less quote unquote productive, but feeling very like content and good with where you're at. Oh, 
Absolutely. I mean, my favorite word that I'm constantly repeating to myself all the time is spacious, spaciousness. How can I apply spaciousness to all that I do? If I'm giving, how can I give from a spacious place? If I'm creating content, how can I create content that is light and fun and spacious as opposed to like cranking it out and putting all this stress in in the input because that's going to come out in the output. So I almost see time and even looking at productivity as how can we create more space for ourselves as opposed to how can we cram as much as possible into this short period of time. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love this word spacious. So for you, when you started to kind of get on board with this idea that time is your most valuable thing. It's here, as we're talking about, more valuable than money. What changed for you? I think I became a bit more optimistic and found just a little bit more ease in how I approached things. A lot of my relationship with time really changed when I entered my 30s. Because I think when you're in your teens and 20s, the idea of turning 30 is like this big, scary thing. You feel like, you know, turning 30, you're Cinderella, you're going to turn into a pumpkin at midnight, right? Like your 30th birthday, midnight. And it seems like this scary thing. And if you haven't accomplished all these things by the time you're 30, then, you know, you're a failure. Um, And right after I turned 30, my grandmother passed away and she was in her mid 80s and it obviously you know was a very sad thing but i was also thinking like okay she lived to her mid 80s hopefully you know i will too or a little bit longer i can't imagine staying in the same spot for the next 50 plus years just because i didn't do something by this artificial deadline of 30 we actually have so much time like life is short but we also have time and we can change and we can evolve and we can make life ours and so that's what really started shifting my perspective of time and helped me have a more positive relationship with time yeah thanks for sharing that i i think that what's also really beautiful about what you said is the sentiment that yes life is short but we also have so much time. Like we get to choose, we have the opportunity to choose how we want to use it. So for someone that comes to you and says like, yeah, yeah, time management, like I get it. I still feel like I just don't have enough time. What is it that you tell them? Well, what is it that you want to have time for, right? If you feel like you don't have enough time, what is it that you don't have enough time for? Is it because you just feel like you have too much on your plate? Is it because you have a lot on your plate and none of it is the stuff that you want to do? I would do some reflection around there. Like what does not having enough time mean? Are you overwhelmed or does it mean you just don't get to do enough of the stuff that you want to do? That's going to kind of be like a choose your own adventure. If it's the former, you just feel like you have a lot on your plate. What can you get off of your plate? A lot of the things that we have that we get so stressed about are either not real, (laughs) are negotiable, or are things that we can get help with to clear off our plate a little bit. So many deadlines are absolutely fake. Most deadlines, absolutely fake. So a lot of what we stress about is very negotiable. Now, if it's the latter, if you're just like, man, I just don't have, I, I'm not 
using my time to do things that I want to do that fill me up, then how can you start incorporating more of those things into your day in small ways? That's something that I've felt lately is like, man, I use my time well, but I'm not these things that I'm doing with my time. It's not the stuff that I want to be doing. So how can we start infusing those things that we want to be doing into our days in super small micro ways to kind of keep us going that we can build upon from there? Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsor at AG1 from Athletic Greens. This is my secret sauce. There, I said it, there are so many aspects that go into my overall wellness routine, but I would truly be lost if I didn't have AG1 from Athletic Greens as a part of it. It's got 75 whole food sourced ingredients as well as prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, and superfoods. It gives me so much goodness in one simple scoop. I shake it up every single morning right before I walk into my office. I mix it with some ice cold water, sometimes a squeeze of lemon, and I just get right to it. And when I sit down at my desk with my AG1, it is my sign to myself that it is go time. Drinking AG1 on the regular, it helps me feel more clear, less drowsy, more attentive on the tasks at hand. I thank the adaptogens for that. And also just good in my body, which that's how we all want to feel, right? You have got to get in on the AG1 gang today. Plus, I didn't mention 12 servings of fruits and vegetables with every single scoop. Head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get five free travel packs as well as a year's supply of vitamin D with your purchase. So let's talk about that infusion then. Let's bring this back to the concept of values. When you did this exercise and you started to think about how you were allocating your time, uh, can you paint a picture of maybe where you started to identify, okay, this is this is important to me and this is how I want to make a shift? Yeah, absolutely. So I, like many people, am a remote worker, even though I've spent a decade plus, you know, working in offices, commuting, whatever. For the past few years, I've been a remote worker. And I still have very much had like my cubicle blinders on, even though I'm working at home and I have a pretty flexible work situation. Once I'm sitting down at my desk, it is like a vortex that I just feel like I can't leave. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, oh, all I did was sit in my apartment. All I did was sit at my desk. I hate this. I don't want to do this. I want to do other things well, what's stopping me from doing other things? Why don't I make plans to grab lunch in the middle of the day? Or why don't I, if I don't have meetings, make plans to do something else or to move somewhere else? And I can still get my work done and get those things done, but I can change where I am. So I'm still spending the same amount of time, but I'm changing my setting to be a little bit more inclusive of what I want to do and what I want to see. Um, so I think it's it's just all about looking at some of the ways that we restrict ourselves or uphold restrictions for ourselves and pushing that boundary a little bit. And I love also the sentiment about uh, the arbitrary deadlines or the deadlines that aren't real. Can you paint mm -hmm. a picture of what an example of that might look like that we may not even be realizing? <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, so many things. I think about like I have a newsletter that I usually send on Wednesday mornings and I it usually goes out at like 6.30 in the morning because my email service provider says that's the best time for mornings. And so for so long, if I didn't have it done Tuesday night to send out at 6.30 in the morning, I would stress out. And then I was like, wait a minute, I can also work on it Wednesday morning and send it out at eight once it's done. And I think it'll be okay. (laughs) This is an imaginary (laughs) deadline that I've placed on myself and I'm stressing myself out with and I can change it. It can go out an hour later. That's okay. Or if I have a deadline at work that I'm working towards and I need more time, I can talk to my manager and see, can I get an extension? Or if I can't get an extension, can we move around these other things while I focus on this priority? All of these things are negotiable because pretty much all deadlines are made up by somebody. Even if you didn't make up your own deadline, someone else made up a deadline for you. So have an open conversation about it. Last week, I fell asleep before I uploaded an episode into the onto the hosting platform. Like I just fell asleep on my couch and then I woke up dazed and confused and I like moved to my bed and I woke up the next morning at 630 and Hurdle usually goes live at five. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I was like, oh my God. And like, I have a personal fire drill, but it didn't matter. It still went into the world. Like we still got the content. It's fine. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Oh Oh my God. Yeah. So I feel that. I feel that. I I also do want to go back to that, that buzzword of values. I keep going back here because I think it's really important because it's bigger than just like wasting time scrolling away. It's knowing that you have the opportunity to really think about what's important to you to make time for it. So yes. When we get to that topic, maybe something like your value is friendships and relationships, or maybe your value is mental health and well-being. If you start to think about if you're allocating the time to those things, then that'll probably shift your relationship with time. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When you're able to you know, thinking kind of along the lines of spending your time like money, if you're able to spend your time on the things that you say matter most to you, that creates so much internal alignment. It doesn't necessarily have to mean hours in the day because for most people, a lot of our hours go towards working. And so, you know, we have to be mindful of that. Um, But if we're able to put our focus and our attention towards those things that we say matter most to us, it creates such a sense of centeredness and and peace. And I think where a lot of people feel disgruntled is where they feel like a lot of their time and their attention is going towards things that they don't value. And that is super frustrating. Would you say that that concept brings about a bigger question of how we shift the things in our lives that we don't value? Oh, absolutely. And I think it also can shift even just how much mental space we let something take up. I, you know, one of the other experiences that I had that also really shifted my relationship with time and work and priorities and deadlines was, this was early in my career. I was kind of fresh out of college and I was working at this really big company and I was in charge of putting together this big, like day long meeting presentation thing. And the leaders that I worked for were putting all this pressure of like, this is so important and 80 slide deck and do all of this stuff. Basically 30 minutes after this giant day long presentation I'm supposed to be giving starts, we had an emergency with a supplier. All the leaders who said for weeks that this was such a big deal, got totally distracted, pulled out of the room and 
bye-bye went this presentation that I was stressing about for weeks. And that gave me so much perspective and really gave me an attitude of like most of what we do is made up <laughs> because yes. priorities can change at a whim. And so that really helped me, especially in the workplace, realize that other people's priorities don't have to sway how I feel. Other What other people display a sense of urgency about does not have to display a sense of urgency in me. I, I decide what's urgent to me. And I can then, moving forward, take a lot of these situations with a grain of salt, which I've since done. Maybe it doesn't make me like the most stellar employee, but it helps me keep my sanity. And I feel a lot less stressed when things pop up at work because I'm like, yeah. And when the next priority comes up and this no longer matters, it's fine. So I think we can just remember that a lot of the sense of urgency that we feel is often manufactured by other people and that we get to decide what is urgent to us. And that's totally such a reminder or like a lesson that, yes, it's okay to be frustrated in that moment, but now you moved forward with that knowledge. So it wasn't a failure, so to speak. It was an opportunity for you to gain a better understanding of how you would work in that situation and now shift your perspective going forward to have this beautiful lesson about time management and to know all of this about urgency. Exactly. Like the things that we stress about, they don't have to be stressful because they just don't matter that much. And it doesn't mean don't do them. And it doesn't mean don't do a good job. But it just means don't get your blood pressure up over it. <laughs> don't get your blood pressure up over it. Just don't do, not. do it. I'm just thinking of the person really that is having an issue with like getting out of the hustle mindset is getting out of the the place where they are like, but if I don't think about how I feel and just focus, focus, <laughs> focus, what advice do you have for that person about accepting this idea of having a little bit more grace and being a little bit more flexible with their time? Yeah. I think it's about understanding what your why is. So usually when people are very goal-oriented or very money-oriented, it's because they want something that money gives them, right? Obviously, money is currency. It has that value. But for a lot of people, money can create spaciousness. When you can afford to get help with things, that can create more time for you, or it creates a sense of security, or it creates a sense of fulfillment. So I think it's about understanding what is it that you're seeking. And that's something that I've had a lot of reflection over where I've had to think, actually, I'm doing all of this because I want to work less. I'm doing all of this because I also want to be able to enjoy the fruits of my labor. So if it's all labor, when am I actually getting to enjoy what I'm doing it for? And that's when the bottom line doesn't matter as much when you're not getting what it is you want out of it. So I think really remembering your why and saying, okay, are my actions and is what I'm getting out of this, is that in alignment with my why? And if not, maybe it's time to adjust my priorities. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> That's just like, it, I mean, because really, what are you doing and what are you doing it for, right? And exactly. like you said, that's truly what it comes down to. If you are working, 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 and you're doing it thinking like 40 years down the road, like, do you really want to spend the next 40 years in this place of like not really loving your life just to 40 years from now get there? I'm not really sure if that's my MO. Totally. And you can you can do both. Like I think I think you can be abundant and enjoy your life. It doesn't have to be this super sacrificial either or thing all the time. 
Yeah. Yeah. So before I let you go today, you said at the top of this that you are kind of in that what's next phase. You're thinking about now that you have really handled a lot of personal debt, like what you want to do, how you want to make your money work for you. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you just a little bit about how you are making your money work for you these days. I think we have a lot of people listening to us chat right now that are probably in the same boat. Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of it is kind of related to what we were just talking about where I'm looking at, okay, I've I've worked really hard and I've made some decisions that have gotten me to a good point. Why did I do that? What did I do that for? Did I do that just to hoard it and hold on to it or did I do that so that I could afford experiences and so that I can bring in maybe a little bit more help in my business so that I don't have to do everything? Or did I do it so that I could feel comfortable booking a nice trip and sharing an experience with my family? Um, So for me, a lot of it has been around one what are the experiences that I want to have and how can I prioritize that now that I can afford more of them? And two, how can I be a little bit more forward-looking and looking at the ways that I want to build in the future? So part of it has been like loosening up my frugality, which I am a chronically frugal person and learning to be a little bit less frugal has actually been a journey that I'm still on. So that's part of it so that I can enjoy my life more. Uh, And then the other part is looking at investments. Okay, if I have assets, how can I grow them a little bit more? And so that's been a really big priority for me this year as I've I've paid off debt and and moved some things around. So um, I'm, I'm figuring out the balance, no pun intended, of enjoying my life now and setting myself up for the future now that I have the space to do so. We love it. We love at least trying to find (laughs) the balance for sure. Yes. We are not the only two people that are thinking about this. So many people Mm -hmm. are concerned and trying to wise up on spending, especially also as a woman in my 30s. I'm trying to think about what's next. And I think that this is all such good content. So Where do the hurdlers find you? How do they follow along with you so that they can get more money content as you chat about in your Money in Abundance series on Balanced Black Girl? Yeah. So new episodes of Balanced Black Girl drop every Tuesday. So whatever podcast app that you're listening to Hurdle on, you can also find Balanced Black Girl, add it to your rotation. uh, And I drop new episodes every week. Amazing. And on Insta? Insta, I'm at Balanced Less. Perfect. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>